Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Got to launch it. He does. Left side into the end zone. Jump ball. Oh, my goodness. It's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. Hello and welcome back into another episode of Cardinals Corner, another post-game instant reaction, the final one of the preseason. Now we're getting into regular season mode and the guy you're going to want to be following along with, Tyler Drake at T Drake for Sports, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter. Tyler, the Cardinals ended the preseason on a bad note, technically. They lost the game to the Titans 26-23, mm-hmm. but a lot happened Within the game. Yeah. How are you feeling now that we're kind of nearing the end of the training camp preseason era it feels of this good. season? It feels good. We have a couple couple more weeks to go till we get to September 11th, the uh, week one matchup against the Chiefs. But yeah, it was good. I honestly thought I had a lot of good takeaways from this game. I thought a lot of players came out and really took that last preseason, last taste of put film on the put you know put some more tape on the on the uh, on the old film and yeah I was uh I was surprised by a lot of guys and Ooh. I thought a lot of people stepped up you know honestly I you got to start with uh you know Eno Benjamin I thought we finally saw some flashes of what has been talked about uh really every that catch was incredible yeah great catch and that's where I think he's going to make the most out of his season is being that change of pace guy. And if you can make catches like those and put those on the on the highlight reel, that's going to have a lot. You're going to just build a lot of confidence within yourself and from the team. Uh, another guy, I thought Trace McSorley came out and played really, really strong in that opening drive with seven for seven for 71 yards. And yeah, the end, like he, he struggled a little bit later on, but at the same time, I thought that he really helped set the tone for what this team wanted to come out and do tonight. And yeah, I mean, Cameron Thomas, another guy, two sacks today. One of them looked like it was a more of an issue on the Titans O line than the Cardinals, you know, getting by him, Cameron Thomas getting by him. But at the same time, you know, that's what you want to see out of your rookies. You can tell after the game, he was talking to Paul Calvisi, he's got some confidence. You can hear that confidence. And to see that physical just bearing down ability was really, really good to see. And, and it's been stacking over practices and preseason hasn't been as flashy, but this game really set himself, you know, up well to, you know, just continue to build on that momentum. I think the most interesting thing from the names that you listed to me was Eno Benjamin, just because Look, his camp and his reputation going into the preseason games, I feel like was a lot higher than it is right now. I Mm -hmm. mean, everybody was like, this guy might be a running back number two. And and to be honest, we haven't seen that out of him. Again, it's preseason. Like, you can't put too much in it. But you do want to see what he did today. And that was, okay, show some pass-catching ability. Use your legs a little bit. Make some plays, which is something that this team needs. And yes, it's preseason, but still, if you're able to make plays, you've got to do that in preseason games, too. That doesn't just automatically happen in regular season games. And we hadn't really seen that from him so far. So I'm glad, for Eno's sake, for the Cardinals' sake, for everybody's sake, because some people were counting on this guy to be... Okay, maybe that number two, that, oh, wow, sneaky number two guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not out on that completely, but I can't say this preseason like solidified that in yeah. my mind. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think uh, as much as 
I thought, you know, I, yeah, it's just one of those, the running back room just in general is going to be a really tough one for them to whittle down to four players because I really think at the end of the day, end of the day they're going to keep four guys and there's five guys that have a legitimate shot to make that roster. You don't think they're going to keep five? I don't think so. I think there's too many there's too many injuries to other positions to where you can't really warrant that. And I don't think Cliff is going to go into the season with only two quarterbacks. So I think he's going to have a third. And then you got to look at the outside linebackers, and that's going to be a committee out opposite of Marcus Golden. So that's an extra couple bodies. Offensive line has dealt with injuries this offseason, so there's some more bodies there. We saw Cody Ford get traded. like He got traded here this last week, and that's exactly why, because there's injuries piling up. So I just think that they're not going to waste a spot on another running back when they could go add another lineman or add another cornerback or add another... Right outside guy if they needed to. And I completely understand what you're saying. We're going to get into you did a 53-man roster prediction earlier in the week before the game obviously, so we're going to go back, revisit that, hit the running back room probably first because that's one of the most interesting but before that I do want to touch on just a couple more things from this game, a couple more names that you mentioned. Cam Thomas like you said, he had kind of for the first time this preseason he made himself known. Like, you'd seen him out there. He had gotten some reps, but it wasn't like, oh my God, there's Cam Thomas. Yep. And we saw that a couple times. Yeah, Even we saw if, it, it. if it wasn't all on him, you still have to take advantage of those things. I know you said that there was a lot of good, maybe not a lot of bad. I want to know your thoughts on Trey McBride, who yeah. got a little bit more preseason action, but still, yeah. nothing really to nothing, write home about, yeah. not even targeted. Yeah, that's that's the... That was, the, I guess, yeah, that would be really one of the only big negatives that I was expecting to see tonight was just really getting him involved and getting his confidence boosted, and that just didn't happen. It just looked like the wide receivers had, had a leg up on the corners, and that's just what they went with, and more power to them. That's, they moved the ball well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, but outside of that, you know, I'd say Zayvon Collins, for as much as we've talked about that guy, he actually, you know, did... He did better. He did better, yeah, for he sure. Definitely did, he definitely said it on, on post-game. He said, you know, we continue to see improvement of him. He's getting better and better, and that the read and react yep. is kind of getting more there to him, and he's still not perfect, obviously. He still said it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, he's not where he, you would want Cliff him to be. Cliff said that after the game, that he is still a work in progress. In the same quote, in the same quote, he said yep. he's getting better and better. He was like, but he's a work in progress. Yep. So... I guess, how are we feeling on the Zayvon Collins experience? I mean, we're going week one into Kansas City. We watched them play against the Chiefs. Do you expect Zayvon Collins to be making plays out there? I think he would, but I don't think he's going to... I really don't think he's going to get the majority of the snaps. You think that he would make plays if he was out there, though? I think he could. I think I think he would. It's just, here's the thing. You've got to put him in a situation to where he's not thinking as much. Is that on them or is that on him? I think it's a little bit of both. It's like if you really want this guy to play right now, you need to put him in the right position to make plays. Whereas you have a what Nick, is that position? You've got a Nick Vigil manning pretty much Mike Backer, and you have him on the side running around. And that's that what you would do with him start of the season, or like if they're if they say he, if they said he's still a, it's still a progression, like it's still in progress, then that doesn't bode well for a guy that's supposedly going to take over the starting Mike Backer role. Like I'm I don't still, care who's calling the plays, he's still got to get this defense set up. No, and I, and I completely understand that, and I just feel like we're at the point where I thought at least after preseason I would be a little bit more confident in Zayvon Collins week one, and like if anything, I'm less confident. But I think he ended this game, the, the way that this game ended for him I thought was good. 
I thought he did enough to where he's at least not coming out of it on a downslope. Okay. He's he's trending upwards. Right, but that's setting the that's setting the bar so low. He's trending upwards. Well, why did he have to trend yeah, upwards? He's because he to, started yeah, low. He's supposed to be like, a guy that you can pinpoint in a preseason game among a bunch of non-starters, and you really couldn't. And I made this point last episode. You know, eight weeks from now, nine weeks from now, when we're in the football season. Week three, week two, week one of the preseason really won't matter for most of everything. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's a couple things that I'm going to keep in my mind. And Zayvon Collins' performance is one of those. Yeah. Not that, oh my God, you have to ride home and he's a bust and he's not going to be any good in the league. No. You, you can't say that about him. He's too young and he's got a lot of potential. He's but got talent. He's if talented. If we're talking yeah. facts, yep. real life, what we've seen out there and what we can expect from him week one... I'm not confident putting him out there against a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. I wouldn't put him out there every down. He's not an every down starter in my eyes right now. He can't be. And just like that's and not I mean, if you're trying to be good. And that's the same boat I think Marco's in too. Right. Like this team is not a rebuilding team. This is not a team where okay, go out there and make your mistakes. Mm-hmm. This offense. Wolf said it on the TV broadcast. He said, this is a Super Bowl-level offense, and maybe yeah. that could be a question we get into. You uh, you seem to immediately agree with him, but the defense. Is, it's not even a Pro Bowl level defense at this point. Like it's bad, dude. Yeah. It's not good. It's just there's just so many. It's it's one player getting hurt or one guy going like just it's that close to just dismant like just even more dismantling. It's one guy underperforming. What if Isaiah Simmons comes in and it is too much? Mm-hmm. What if he can't make up for where everybody else lacks? He's spread too thin, mm-hmm. and he doesn't make the same impact that they're counting on. And he's thinking too much too because he's in because he has to do too spots. much, right? Yeah. Okay, then Zayvon Collins isn't doing good because the defense around him isn't doing good. I mean, thank the heavens that this defense has Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And I, mean, I think the, a lot of people... It's the saving grace of that defense. And I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised with Nick Vigil. I really do. He's just going to be... He's going to be solid. He's going to be a solid kind of keep... Like a glue guy. He's right, just going to be a glue he's, guy. He's one of those guys that you shouldn't be like, oh, he's going to be our every down starter Mike backer. He should be one of those guys like, man, he's the perfect plug and play piece. Mm-hmm. Him and Zavin should be switching roles. Yeah. But Zavin's the plug and play guy who doesn't really know what he's supposed to do, be doing out there. I mean, yeah, he's obviously one of the best football players in the world. He's in the NFL. But when yeah. you get to this level, I think that there, you could tell when there's a clear difference when somebody really just doesn't get it yet. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, he's getting better, but better doesn't mean he gets it. Yeah. And that's why I'm worried. It yeah. just gets harder from here. No, it yeah, doesn't it does, get yeah. easier. Yeah. Like this is the easiest this is going to be for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're for the right. Next year. Yep. All right, so yeah. There's Zaven. There is some bad. Okay, there is one some more, bad. One more one more guy we gotta talk about. Have to talk about him. Andy Isabella. <laughs> he's wrapped he wrapped up a consistent solid, strong, insert whatever good word you have, training camp and preseason, plain and simple. Every preseason game, he was either leading in receptions or leading the receiving game for his team or was second. Like, the guy, and if not, he was getting uh, defensive pass interference calls going his way, too. Well, you know how I was saying, like, with Eno, you've got to have those moments where your athleticism flashes, where those big play, like, potential flashes Andy Isabella had like one of those a drive yeah he he was all over the place the the only knock like if if he could have found the end zone twice man that's those are the only knocks and but he was a to, yard off I mean to, and to be fair to be fair to Andy Isabella and no disrespect to the people throwing to him but he didn't have a Kyler Murray or Cole no McCoy he did him. he did and most Trace, of that on a, Trace on had his own. a good game he's a good third quarterback maybe your potential backup quarterback of the future but 
Jerry G had a good game too. Yeah, Jerry G. Like, like these are like again, these are some of the best football players in the world, but they're not Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And all due respect, they're not Colt McCoy mm-hmm. yet. They're young. Maybe they are ten years down the line, but they're not right now. And Andy Isabella, when you're somebody who's that fast. You have to really rely on good chemistry with your quarterback because mm-hmm. one wrong move with somebody your speed, you can't make that up. Yeah. So if the communication is better or have a better deep ball thrower like Kyler Murray, there's no reason why this guy can't be used in, hey man, mix in some old Rondale Moore sets where he's targeted behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and then mix in some Hollywood Brown straight down the line four verts Madden type offense with yeah. him. Like you can use him twice a game. Really? Yeah. And he's he's a weapon. Is he a roster lock? Like I, I think, think everybody's talking about it. Like yeah, he is. He is. You, you you have no doubt in your mind. If I told you that four weeks ago, that Andy Isabella roster lock to play, not just to be here to be here and try to be traded to the Saints in, in oh, week yeah. three. I don't. You know what I mean? Like they weren't just going to let him go, but they were yeah. not going to be like we're sitting here talking about Andy Isabella as a part of the Arizona Cardinals offense for the first time in basically his career. Yeah, I mean he's still got a lot of people to go through, and as soon as DeAndre Hopkins comes back, who knows how that all shakes out? Who knows if his roster spot is as secured? Like Greg Dortch is right there with them with having a really really strong training Dorch camp and off season. I mean, this this wide receiver room, it's 100% stacked. And you know what? Let's start with the, the roster now. Like, let's actually yeah. start talking with it. Let's get to running backs in a bit. Let's start with wide receivers. Yeah. Because Andy Isabella and Greg Dortch, I mean, basically, if there was a an all-NFL <laughs> honors for the preseason, those two guys might be the wide receiver equivalent of those guys. Like, yeah. Especially for the Cardinals. They would split the two trophy. Most, two most consistent by far. Dortch making plays, Isabella making plays. Okay, Antoine Wesley, we don't know his status for week one. DeAndre Hopkins, we know his status for at least the first six weeks. Let's hope. I'm getting nervous on the Wesley thing. We haven't heard anything. Also, we have a lot to catch up on as well. Antonio Hamilton, (sighs) what what the heck is going on there? We'll cover that when we talk about the cornerbacks. And Cody Ford when we talk about the the offensive line. But... For right now, this wide receiver room, I'm going to pull it up on your article that you have over on ArizonaSports.com. You can read what Tyler, where Tyler was earlier this week. Listen right now to see if he's changed anything. <laughs> so as of this week, the wide receiver room for the Arizona Cardinals would have six members. Yep. Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley, Greg Dortch, Andy Isabella. And for all those who are wondering where DeAndre Hopkins is, he does not count towards the roster since he is going to be suspended. Or since he is suspended. He will when he comes back. But yeah. for, to start the season... For six weeks, he will not count. Hollywood, Rondale, A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley, Greg Dorch, Andy Isabella. Any name you're maybe now regretting putting in, but thinking twice about, or a name that you're excluding, that you're feeling might have a better shot to make it than you let on? Uh, I think... No, I think they're all locks. I think the biggest thing for me right now is what's Wesley dealing with? And is he going to be a guy that's going to start the season on IR? Because if that's the case, then there is going to be another spot open for like a Victor Bolden. Would you assume that he would be the guy who steps into that that spot? I think. I think Victor's done enough to where he would warrant it if somebody got hurt. They're getting those speedy guys. I mean, yeah. when you have somebody like... Kirkland's Hopkins, another guy too, though. Yeah, Kirkland's made some plays He's as well. He's had two touchdowns. And I, I think the really interesting thing is... This Cardinals team is obviously going for playmakers. Yeah. Every, everywhere around the Burners. offense on the roster, right? 
and Rondale Moore is going to be used down the field a lot as well. A lot of these guys are interchangeable, and if there's anything that derailed this Cardinals team last year, part of it was injuries. Yeah. And now, if, okay, let's assume Kyler Murray stays healthy, okay, he's going to be able to work with guys who can at least get down the field and he can just chuck it if yeah. he needs to, right? Yeah. Guys that can go down there and make a play, mm-hmm. whether that's Greg Dortch, whether that's Andy Isabella, whether that's Victor Bolden Jr., Mm-hmm. I mean, these are guys that showed then get down the field, maybe get past somebody mm-hmm. and make a play yep. all the time. DeAndre Hopkins. No, that's not them. But <laughs> they, you don't need to be that. You just need to be able to come in and maybe move the chains, maybe turn a third and 15 to a fourth and one in a key. It's moment. it's it's being that fifth wide receiver that can spread the field even more to where the defense is having trouble guarding anybody because that's what we saw the first seven weeks is when this team was its best last season is when there was just a wider a different wide receiver making plays every other play. Okay, so DeAndre Hopkins comes back, right? And then there's a decision to be made. Let's assume Antoine Wesley is healthy mm-hmm. and playing. I think that solidifies his spot in the room. Do you agree? Yeah, I do too. Okay, so then we come down to two names. Storch and Isabella. Who are you cutting? That's that's a tough one. I mean, I think it's going to come down to who's playing more, and it could very well be Greg Dortch because he might have a uh, you know a direct line to being more of a punt returner or being more on the special team side of things than Andy Isabella does. I, I would have to agree. I mean, like you said, it depends on their field production, and if I had to bet on one player's on the field production from the bottom of the wide receiver room, it's it's Greg Dortch. And who knows? Maybe somebody sees Andy Isabella's preseason and say, from another team and goes, "Hey, we want I this would- guy." I mean, I would if I am. That could. An offense, that's a very real possibility. If I'm a young offense with opportunity and devoid of just physical skills like speed, on an NFL level, a team like Miami would would be. Dude, dude, they have an incredible wide receiver. Goal. I know, but I, mean, I feel like he could go in there and and add. I feel like wrinkle. he runs into. I think he runs into the same problem that he runs into here. Like Sean Jefferson said, it's a numbers game, right? And so I think that maybe if you go to maybe like a Giants. Who are desperate for playmakers yeah, on offense? I like that, right? Like mm-hmm. you need some guy that's just speedy for Daniel Jones. Throw over the middle. Andy Isabella could be that guy. There's a lot of opportunity there. But here, this room is stacked. All right, another room that's stacked: the running backs room. Yes, this one it's tough. Like this is, I would say, it's tough. The most talked about yep. room. This is the one I spent, I think, the most time on trying to figure out. I mean, yeah, out. you wrote this article. Mm-hmm. This is the one that you said, okay, this is racking my brain the most. Who yeah. do I leave out? Mm-hmm. Who do I leave in? What do you want to tell the people who you left out and who you left in earlier this week? And if you've changed your mind. So, yeah. So, I mean, here's my here's my four. Had four of them. James Conner, Locke, no duh. Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward, Keontae Ingram. So the name I left out is Daryl Williams. Where's Daryl Williams, Tyler? Where's Daryl Williams? That's what I've been saying this offseason and at training camp. And preseason, where's Daryl Williams? Because he has done some, but he hasn't done enough to really, you know, say, hey, I'm a guy that came from the Kansas City Chiefs, had a thousand yards from scrimmage last year. Isn't that saying enough, though? Some some would argue that that alone is saying, like, if Eno Benjamin came into this camp with a thousand yards from scrimmage, he wouldn't be playing preseason No, exactly, yeah. And And that's the thing. But here's the thing, too, is that we've talked so much, and Cliff has talked so much to us about how he needs players that can play special teams. Jeff Rogers really will at I mean it'll come down to Jeff Rogers if he can be a special teamer he'll he'll make the team like if it's a this guy or that guy and if it's that close and it's just one of those things where I think Jonathan Ward is such a good special teamer that he should be locked Keontae Ingram is learning special teams but at least he's trying to pick up special teams Daryl Williams does not come off to me as as a special teams every 
you know, go out there every game and be a special teamer, which obviously that's not really what he's going to go out there and do because he's probably going to be the number two guy. So right now I would have to probably switch out. It, it's hard to say because I don't know. And, and you put he, Keontae Ingram on the practice squad. Somebody's no, going to snatch him up. No, man. and here's what I think is going to happen. Here, like the only reason why I'm kind of going back on this now is Jonathan Ward and his shoulder injury. True. If he's a candidate to go on a short-term IR thing, that would mean Daryl, Keontae, Eno, and James Conner, which could it would make the decision easier for them for now. For now, but then you get to see like. Okay. Then you get to see Daryl Williams exactly, play four games exactly. and say, hey, is he really going to pan out or do we need to move on? If I'm going to give up on Daryl Williams, I'd rather watch him play football for my team first. And if he's not the guy that he was last year, fine. It's just the thing. Fine, that, but you can't, yeah. you can't do it now. We haven't, like you said, we haven't seen him play any but football. But the thing that keeps I keep going back on is if the guy is of this pedigree, why did they get him for that much money? It's vet minimum. And yeah, it's guaranteed. I, uh, I, I don't know. But that's the thing that stands out. And why had why didn't he sign with the team sooner in the offseason? Like what's the what's the red flag? What are the red flags? I don't know. So that's something to watch. And and here's the thing is I think, like you said, I think Keontae Ingram gets picked up by somebody. But I think so does Darrell Williams. He did enough today. And here's the thing, they showcase Keontae today. I think any I think anybody that doesn't make if they don't make the roster. So, yeah, one of these running backs get, are getting picked up. They're gonna get snagged. Yeah. It's maybe my lock of the century that one of these guys will get picked up by another team because, look, Keontae Ingram's a big body dude. Like people can use him. He could play for the Titans. Yeah, he's he's got a he's, he's like, got a Derrick Henry kind of look to him. Like, let's not put Derrick Henry's name and Keontae Ingram's in the but same. He, he run, but he he can tell he runs. He's, he's big. He's yeah, a he's, big. He likes to run through people, not around him. Right. Like Keontae Ingram has a place in this league. Darrell Williams has a place in this league. You don't have a thousand yards from scrimmage and immediately lose your place in the league. Maybe you're not going to get the big bucks. Maybe you're, they're going to say that you're a product of the system playing off of Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Maybe that's not why you're not getting money, but you certainly belong in the mm-hmm. league. Eno Benjamin, from what we've been told and kind of from what we've seen, belongs in this league. Like, mm-hmm. there's a ton of options here. Ward is a special teams beast, and he makes big plays. And he's starting to. And I, I would say that he's taking a step as an actual running back. Yeah. So it's just that's going to be tough, and and it's just I think if the injuries weren't piling up on other positions, they could warrant keeping another running back but right now I just I think it's too risky to do that I think at the end of the day I think they're going to keep five I just feel like because like you said if they can play special teams they're going to keep and Ingram showed tonight I mean Ingram had 60 something yards and 16 carries I think and right so I mean he played well like he he did enough to where I think he warrants a spot somewhere and, it's and, not and like, I don't think he make I don't think he can even make it to the practice squad well I don't I don't think that it's like oh man we're splitting hairs as to who's like the least bad like if you have all five of these players on your roster every single Sunday and some Thursdays and some Mondays <laughs> and every once in a while Saturday just sometimes you're gonna see them play and they're gonna impact the team whether that's special teams whether that's running and like you know, that's worth it. That's something where if you're facing injuries in the back end of another room and you're deciding, am I just going to keep somebody for the sake of keeping them when they're actually not going to produce for me on the mm-hmm. football field? Maybe I stockpile room where I know I have five NFL-level players that can come in and mm-hmm. make an impact every day. Yep. You can't say that about every running back's room. You no. just can't. No, 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 no. No, not at all. So I think they keep that as an advantage for now, and if it comes back to bite them and they need to do something else or they need to make a trade, they can and that's why I think they end up sticking with five. And 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 look at that. I mean, Daryl Williams. Who knows? Maybe he's a trade piece too. 
Andy Isabella, Daryl Williams, and a sixth round pick for a fourth. CD Lamb. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys unite! All right. Speaking of OU, OU guys, I want to move to the offensive line as a room just because. Hey guys, we have a new member of the offensive line on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cody Ford traded earlier this week on Monday. Steve Kime exchanges a fifth round pick from next year for offensive guard Cody Ford from the Buffalo Bills, who picked him in the second round. According to Gambo, the Cardinals had interest in him yeah. at the time, ended yep. up going with Byron Murphy, but Ford ends up on the Cardinals. How did you feel when the trade happens, and now how do you feel after seeing him in not only live action game, but hearing about him in the joint practices and just being dropped yeah. in right when he gets here. Yeah, I mean, I think my first uh, questions were, why wasn't this a cornerback trade? And who is injured? Who else is injured on the offensive line? And we kind of got a little bit of info with that, with Cliff telling us that Justin Pugh's dealing with the stinger. And that, I mean, correlates to a big reason why they would add another guard. I mean, Will Hernandez has dealt with, uh, I think, ankle couple other guys have uh, had some injuries you know Rodney Hudson's dealt they're working him back but he's also uh, Cliff also mentioned that he had a knee thing and so I think really it was just an injuries type of we need a guy now and we need and it doesn't hurt that he used to play college ball right he used to play with Kyler and I think and I think you know for right now it sounds the early returns sound good with them I mean he went and got plugged in right away at joint practice was like the first day he showed up and went right in and worked with the first team and then uh, this this preseason game had a couple of key blocks there to to open up a couple of holes for guys. So we'll have to see. I mean, if you look at Pro Football Focus, the the grades are they're not great, abysmal. But obviously, not everything is <laughs> black and white when it comes to right. Pro Football and Focus. And it's anything yeah. we can have faith in with Steve Kime. It's you know the guy can scout a scout a good trade. And I think it's having faith in Sean Coogler, the run also run true. game coordinator and offensive line coach, because even with Will Hernandez, you can tell Will I, I think Will Hernandez is gonna have one of his better seasons. Because of the history that because of the history share. with Sean Coogler. And Sean Coogler is the type of guy where you just want to play for this guy. Right. And I think Cody Ford is going to fall in line with that. And I think those are the type of connections and and really things that you can lean on to elevate your game. I'm happy with it. Honestly, I would start any football rebuild. If I'm in charge, I start with the offensive line. Good, solid, deep offensive line is, in my opinion, the key to winning a Super Bowl. Because you can win a Super Bowl with a subpar quarterback if your offensive line and your defense is good. Like, you can get carried in a sense. 85 Bears? Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, like not being able to throw the ball more than 30 yards down the field. (laughs) So, look, get somebody that your quarterback trusts. You're not below average quarterback in Kyler Murray. And look, Rodney Hudson, look, he's not going to play center. But but Rodney Hudson is old, which means you're going to have to maybe shuffle in somebody for him every once in a while. Maybe he's going to have to rest the game. But hey, Sean Harlow's getting a lot of of reps. But I'm going to feel better if I've got somebody massive like Cody Ford next to him. Yeah, who Wolf said has the biggest base he's ever seen. I love Wolf. Yeah. But I feel like every single person has the yep. the best something, the biggest something they've ever he's ever seen. But you know, he he could be right, man. Like He's this, a big dude. He is. He a makes big. like I thought Will Hernandez was like the biggest dude on the team and he might he might rival that. If any local bars would like to have some awesome security, I would Those hire Will Hernandez and Cody Ford. The refrigerators. Yeah, if I was a, a rowdy bar goer, I would not mess with those guys. But, okay, uh, so notes from the O-line. Obviously, they yeah. added Cody Ford. 
Your list includes DJ Humphreys, who yep. got his bag this offseason. Justin Pugh, who, like you mentioned, is dealing with the stinger. Rodney Hudson, who almost retired this offseason. Will Hernandez, who they acquired uh, in free agency. Calvin Beecham, back for another season. Cody Ford, like I mentioned. Josh Jones, Josh Miles, and the name that you just mentioned, Sean Harlow. Yeah. How are you feeling about how you picked this room? Is this pretty it's, set in stone? It's tough because I think there could be a case to add another lineman there just given the injuries. And here's the this was another one that was tough just because there's a pair of rookies that have really stood out to the team, especially in Lasita Smith and Marquise Hayes. And I think as much as I think those guys probably could come back and land on the practice squad, who knows? I mean, they've talked Really, really highly of, of Marquise Hayes, especially another huge guy. I've huge heard huge guy. I mean, I remember. I feel like I hadn't really heard his name once, and then somebody posted a clip on Twitter after I think it was preseason game one, and it was like, "Ooh, this guy." So this my guy. Yeah, my thing with Hayes is I think that he he's dealing with a knee thing. They they could very well put him on IR for the season. Right, red shirt. I mean, he's not exactly somebody who you were counting on this season. Yeah, I mean, he's not. Yeah, exactly. And especially with Ford, I'm, we got to see what what's going on with Pew. But you've got Hernandez, Ford, Pew right there as your guards, and then you've also, if you needed to, had Sean, Sean Harlow can move over too. And if you really, really needed to, you could even say, and don't yell at me, but Josh Jones could even move over there too, <laughs> even though. Tackle is clearly his natural right. natural spot. I think but, that if there's anything we've learned from yeah. this camp, it's Jones it's and Miles though. I think are are, are solidified as the backup tackles. For I sure. mean, I think they're going to get a shot to do it, and who knows? Maybe six, eight weeks into the season, they're not succeeding in the roles they're put in. But I I, I could see them very well being just sound, solid pieces that could be plugged in every once in and a while. And here's another name that is was left off is Justin Murray, who really could have started last season at right guard, but back in. G- Injury, a uh, back injury, you know, left him uh, unable to do so, and then now he's dealing with, I believe, a foot ankle injury this this training camp, so or this camp in preseason, so that doesn't bode well. And I just think that he just can't stay on the field to warrant a spot for him. And it just feels like in every room there are just people competing. Not that every room is stacked, but it's close. Yep. Especially on the back end. All right, let's finish off the offense. All right, tight end, you got three making in the room, and quarterback, you got three making the room. Yep. Zach Ertz, Max Williams, Trey McBride, obvious for the tight end. I don't think we really need to talk about nope. that unless you think so. No, nope, that's Quarterbacks, not. three. Keeping the theme with Cliff Kingsbury, obviously Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, and Trace McSorley. Yep. Had a good preseason. Yeah. Yeah. I think he showed enough to to earn a spot. And again, could always come down to injuries and having to fill another position. But I think at the end of the day, they they Cliff wants to keep a third quarterback, so that would be that would be the candidate. I think Jerry G. Uh, Garantano has a good chance at maybe going back to the practice squad, but we'll see. Maybe somebody wants to add him too. Yeah, think about the third quarterback they uh, kept on the roster last year. I think Trace McSorley is a little bit better than him. Yeah, so, the leveler. Uh, <laughs> the leveler. <laughs> All right, that wraps up the offense again. This is on ArizonaSports.com. Tyler wrote this earlier this week. Full 53-man roster predictions as we approach cuts as the preseason has wrapped up. Cardinals lose 26 to 23. All right, let's jump over to the defense. What room intrigues you the most defensively? What room? I think it's got to be the outside linebackers. With all the talk about the inside linebackers, Avon Collins. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons, but outside intrigues you the most. Yeah, it does. And I think it's just because there's a lot of candidates that could potentially do something. 
I think Cameron Thomas took a step. I think MyJ Sanders took a step, even though he wasn't so much on the stat sheet tonight. He was right there, and he's been right there on a lot of quarterbacks. Like, and that's the story he's of pressured, He has pressured so many quarterbacks this preseason that that might be all you need to help Marcus get free. That's all you got from that's Chandler, Chandler Jones did, last season. Yeah, yeah. That's all he did. Like, <laughs> like that, that was the big thing is Chandler Jones isn't recording sacks, but he's opening things up. you can get pressure on yeah. a guy, you're opening it up for the guy across from you. And, and that's, that's again, the that's biggest you, thing right now. That's all you need because you didn't know that you had somebody who could do that. All right, here's who you have making the outside linebacker room. There's six of them. Marcus Golden, MyJ Sanders, Dennis Gardeck, Cameron Thomas, not Cam Thomas, yeah, not Devon Kennard, and Victor DiMacchi. Yep. Is Dima Cage the guy who stood out the most to you this preseason, yeah. though? With yeah. all the talk about Cameron Thomas, MyJ Sanders? He's, I mean, it's the guy, he's the guy that's going to make the roster based on how much he took a step forward. Like, he took the biggest step forward in my eyes. And there's a guy that's not going to make the roster that I have to mention in Chandler Wooten. Because he, yeah, he had a, he really had a preseason. strong preseason. I just don't think it's just it's a numbers thing. I don't think there's room for him on this roster. He, he could be a practice squad guy. And yeah. maybe he flies under the radar. Maybe he's but one of those knows? guys that the Cardinals maybe, keep. But... Maybe they want to go younger and get rid of a Devon Kennard. You know, I, don't, I don't know. That's what I was actually going to ask you about because I, just I see some see people it. penciling Devon Kennard in is like, hey, he's definitely going to be there. And to be honest, like if you didn't have somebody else that's young that could fill that role, maybe. But you're trying to be a good team this year. I guess you go with who you know in Devon Kennard. I just think you need you need another veteran body in there. Dennis Gardeck is really your veteran. Victor Marcus is. Oh, I'm saying I'm saying yeah. on the one side. I'm saying on the one okay, yeah. opposite of Marcus. Our opposite of Marcus. Yeah. Got you. There needs to be another veteran voice on that side. Just Dennis alone, I think, can do well. But I think having another guy like Devon is going to help these younger guys take that next step. And Victor as well. I mean, Victor is basically, if we want to say it, a rookie on the defensive side of the ball because he was mostly special teamers last on special teams last year. So those, uh, I, I, it's hard because Kennard would have to be the guy. That I would, he would be the he, odd man out if yeah. somebody if they if they felt they needed to go younger with a, with a, a younger fresher guy, which which is crazy. It's pretty crazy to think about. I I think Kennard is is really solid for what he does. Right. I again like, but like you said, you're trying to win games. Play, right. You're trying to win football games, and like he he probably right now is the more known quantity to help you do that. Yeah. But if you're not gonna play him. I guess if you didn't already have Cameron Thomas and Myjay Sanders, like these young guys, then I, I would no doubt go with a Wooten. But it, it's it's tough for him. He'll definitely get picked up. Mm-hmm. Or if not, just stay on the practice squad and yeah. get very good reps there and probably have a chance to make this team next year. Uh, or if, uh, middle if he stays of the season. Here. Or middle yeah. of the, eh? You never know with injuries. You never know with football. All yeah. right, let's move from outside to inside linebacker. The five that you have making it. Nick Vigil, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons. We've heard those three a lot this offseason. Tanner Vallejo and Ezekiel Turner rounding out the bottom of that room. Honestly, we know that the top three were going to make it. I want to know what you have to say about Vallejo and Turner, and do you see them being impact makers, at least on some level, for the Cardinals this season? Yeah, I think special teams. I think that's where they're going to make their bread. Vallejo had some nice plays on defense. And I think uh, Turner has taken another step defensively. You know, it sounds like just from the coaches, they they have seen another step in him. So so maybe he comes in and spells a couple guys. But yeah, I would say for the most part, those guys are, are special team aces for him right now. 
All right, there's a room that I'm looking at that I want to talk about, but I'm going to save for last because it's probably what people care about the least. Let's go to the room that has the most talk to talk about, and that is the cornerback room. The five that you have making it on your article that, again, you can find on ArizonaSports.com for free, With by pictures. the way. For free with pictures that, that Tyler Drake take. Look, when I tell you guys every single episode that nobody does it like this guy, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that because he has a gun pointed to me right now and he's forcing me to say it. I'm saying it because I believe it. This dude is a beast. He's a beast. You can check out. You can, No, I'm serious. You can check out his stuff over on ArizonaSports.com. And I know I get excited about everything, but you can tell what I get a little bit more excited when I talk about at T. Drake for sports, Arizona sports, Hollywood type producer. I mean, this guy, this guy walks in and he turns heads, but a room that's turning heads and not in a good way is the cornerback room. The five that you have making it Byron Murphy, Jr., Antonio Hamilton, Marco Wilson, Josh Jackson, and Christian Matthew. In that order. In that order. Obviously, Antonio Hamilton, That's we mentioned sketchy, it earlier. <laughs> we, we, look, look, guys. Cliff Kingsbury does not give us anything when it comes to these injuries. Yeah. It's usually they're fine. It's cool. It's okay. But the weird thing he said when we, when we asked him about Antonio Hamilton was, I'll tell you guys when I have to. Week one. Yep. Well, Tyler, remind me when week one is. When's the first game? Uh, that would be September 11th. Okay. Quite that's a while a, away. That's a, that's a pretty far time away, especially from the injury. And that would lead you to believe that it's something serious. So the guy who was just deemed the number two corner, injured, presumably out week one if you're on the injury report. What is the saving grace for this team? It just has to be a trade, does it not? Yeah, I think so. And especially, I mean, Cliff spoke to uh, Paul Calvisi after the game about Antonio Hamilton and his injury and called it an unexpected situation, and it makes the numbers look really thin looking at week one, possibly. That is that doesn't sound not confident. And I don't know. And here's the thing. Cliff said it was a doctor's appointment, and it just it doesn't sound like it's an injury. It doesn't sound like it's like a football mm. injury. That's just that from everything that you I've know, gathered. It's not like a hey, yeah, he's working with trainers. It's or really he's, interesting. It, he had a doctor's appointment, and now because we don't know, nobody really turned their head when Cliff said, "Oh, Antonio Hamilton's not here because he has a doctor's appointment." Yeah, everybody just kind of was like, "Oh, okay, I guess it's not like the most common reason, but it, it's." But usually, before. when we ask Cliff, like, "Hey, what's going on? Oh, he's with, got, he's got what's going on with what's going on with Trey, Wait, let's, Trey let's McBride? Do, let's do a little. Let's do a little." Uh, okay. uh, cosplay for lack of a better sense okay you play tyler drake i'll play cliff kingsbury this is by far the most attractive i've ever been in my entire life all right so what's what's the status on trey mcbride um he's got an ankle yeah it's never he's got a doctor's appointment ask me ask me if it's something we should be worried about how concerned are you about this not concerned at all (laughs) uh he's progressing one in two weeks uh, you know, we don't really know, um, but we're evaluating and we're hoping to get him some more reps coming up next week. Um, but that's all I've got for you right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just and one see. of those, yeah, it's, it's not a good situation, especially after Cliff named him number two. Yeah. And Marco Wilson has not come out here and responded to the criticism that well. Like, it's like, oh man, he's really shutting everybody up. Like, mm-hmm. Like, man, like, Byron Murphy is good, but 
He can't be the only. Yeah, he can't guard everybody. Corner. You need three in today's NFL to get by. Yeah, you need three that you can be like, dang, those guys are good. Yep. You don't have two. Mm-hmm. You don't. We got like one and a half right now. Because <laughs> we don't know what's going on with Hamilton, and it's bad. We've got like a Marco Wilson who we don't know what's going. on. It's so bad. But the only saving grace is two safeties. Yes. Like <laughs> that makes up like, for the secondary. Above all else, if there's any room that could be on a polar opposite end, it's the combination of Buddha Baker and Jalen Thompson. The now, best, and I think personally, they are the best. Two, best duo on the team. The tandem. I think they're the best safety tandem in football. I, I, I like. I, Who else? Like, be, you I'm give gonna, me two gonna, other guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to agree because it's going to seem like, oh my god, it's because they cover the Cardinals. They're going to say it. So I'm, I'm like racking my brain right now. But these two there's just dudes not another two that I could so put together. Dang good. Mm-hmm. They're so good. And Jalen Thompson he keeps is like, getting better. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Buddha is not falling off despite what the NFL top 100 would rank him. Yeah. But he's not falling off. Like I'm excited and. I'm glad that, as far as we know, there's no long-term consequences to Buddha's scary moment in the no, wild yeah, card I game. I think everything's good, yeah. Like, th- I'm very thankful that that's very much like, okay, we asked one question about it on his first presser back, and since then it's been dropped. Yep. I'm glad that there's been no reports like, man, he's dealing with something long-term. Jalen Thompson are all excited about. What about the other two that you have rounding out this room? Deontay Thompson, Charles Washington, bodies. Yeah, just depth pieces, bodies. special teamers. All right. Speaking of special teams, <laughs> Matt Prater, Andy Lee, Aaron Brewer. Now you might think easiest easiest group easiest right. group to put together. Like, like, <laughs> uh, let me let me put you through somebody's mind right now. Oh my God, they're talking about the kickers. Who cares about a long snapper? Cardinals corner. Oh my gosh. Well, you can't. Say let's that. remind you to last season when they had long snapper problems, Ugh. and that ended up being an absolute catastrophe that definitely played into their lack of success at the end of the season more than some might note now. Mm-hmm. But also Matt Prater. I'm looking at you, because right now you still got it, but I got a weird feeling about Matt Prater, man. I think he eased a lot of minds tonight. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not I concerned. Know. I've seen, not concerned. I, I've, I've seen something, and, and usually I, 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 I'm confident. And honestly, I'm like, yeah, he's Matt Prater. Of course, he's going to be good. But sometimes, man, when you lose it, it comes quick. I think he's good. And when I see a little sign of it. I don't know. I look, I wouldn't put money on it, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if somebody else is kicking at the end of the year. Only if he gets too hurt. many missed extra points. No, I think he's going to be fine. I don't know, man. He's going to be fine. Maybe I'm just getting paranoid. Maybe everybody's telling me to shut up and stop complaining about the kicker. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. There's just, there's, you know, when you've got that little thought in the back of your mind where you're like, I know that's insignificant, but I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, like That's, when you're like you're standing over a putt and you see a little like rock in the middle of your line, or I don't play golf, but I'm gonna say yes and nod yeah. and agree. So or you I, see a spot and you're like, I gotta not hit that spot, and you hit that spot, and everything just goes. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just think Matt Prater's fine. I think he's fine. I think, uh, probably, I think special teams is fine. Probably, but if this is a problem in week eight and there's a missed field goal to drop the Cardinals to four and four. <laughs> Just remember, just remember who was here. <laughs> just remember who told y'all. 
And look, I, I hope he proves me wrong. Like I, I, I'm not here rooting on Matt Prater's downfall. And obviously, he's had an incredible career, and he could kick a ball better than me into his 90s. Like that's no doubt about it. But <laughs> when when you when you've got a feeling, you've got to make it known, and and that's how I'm feeling right now. Speaking of how we're feeling, look, like we said, preseason's over. Uh huh. September 11th, Week One against the Chiefs. I want how Tyler Drake is feeling at 8:44 p.m. On August 27th, 2022, how are you feeling about the state of the Arizona Cardinals? I feel I feel really good about the offense. Let's say that. Dot, dot, dot. Really good about the offense, dot, especially dot, dot. when week seven rolls around. I think the, the wide receiving core that they have is, I, I don't see anybody else comparing to it. And the first word that comes to your mind when I say the Cardinals defense? Murky. <laughs> That's a good word. That's a good word. I would say my the the state of Eric Ruby's mind, which is always, always, always very interesting. <laughs> On the Arizona Cardinals right now, I'm cautiously optimistic. There's a way. And for anybody who's still listening right now, I know you're a diehard Cardinals fan, so I'm going to make it worth it to get here. (laughs) There's a way where everything clicks right. Steve Kime makes a trade to solidify corner. It won't make it the strongest room, but it won't make it. But it helps everybody up front. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be enough to cover every every team's got a weakness, right? The defense is going to do just enough. Isaiah Simmons, if he slots in, and if all of this actually pays off, if Zay, like like there is a possibility that if everything goes right, or if seventy five percent of the things go right, we're talking about a really good football team here. Yeah. Now the reason why I put the word cautiously in front of optimistic is because we've been in this rodeo before, and more often than not, not everything goes right. Speaking of rodeo before, Malcolm Butler... Uh... <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm ending this podcast where we're talking about Malcolm no, Butler. No, I think back. he got released. No, he got released. Yeah, he got released because he was on the, in- he was yep, on the injured yep. list. Like, like that guy is like, I'm going to make a comeback, and I'm not going to make a comeback, and I'm going to yeah. make a comeback, and then I'm not going to make a comeback. And I, I hope he's not injured. I hope he could play football because I don't wish anything like that, but it's just like, well, yeah, we've seen that before. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to take you No, I, I just didn't want to talk about Malcolm Butler, man. <laughs> you got mad at me for, after the first preseason game for bringing up Andy Isabella. But no, now we can bring Andy up Malcolm Isabella. Butler. Yeah. I was just bringing in happiness and positivity. I know by you saying, were. I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that I was bringing positivity by saying, hey, maybe things can go right. <laughs> and I think that like this team has so much talent on it, like so much talent on it, that they really could do something special this year. And I don't think it's complete malarkey for them to say, hey, we want to end the season here and play in the Super Bowl. This team's ceiling, and we'll get more into this when we do their full season prediction, and we're going to do some more stuff for you before week one, but this team, their ceiling is no doubt making the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like like the, like the ceiling. The problem is, where's the floor? And the, that's yeah. what we're going to find out. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't find out because they hit the floor. Hopefully, we find out because they're going to the ceiling. We're like, wow, this team is really good. Yeah. But again, we don't know. And I guess there's no better way to pitch it than say we're just going to have to wait and see. We're just going to have to wait and find out. Yep. And Tyler, when everybody else finds out, we're going to find out too. And after every single game, we're going to be here 
live, taking it to the people, talking about it, and telling them what we saw. Until then, make sure you follow this man on Twitter. I am dead serious right now. Follow I'm, that guy too. I'm staring at Tyler Drake right now the way that I'm staring at all of you. I want you to feel the intensity in my voice when I say follow at T. Drake for the number four sports. T. Drake for sports. He will keep you caught up on everything. If you can't watch the game, if you want to know what's going on during practice, but you don't have time to tune in and listen to something during the week, follow this guy. I'd say turn his notifications on, but this guy's putting out so much content, it might actually drive you insane because he's covering the Cardinals that much. Follow <laughs> at T. Drake for sports for everything you need. Obviously, you can follow me at Eric Ruby 987 uh, You can hear me on the radio, 987 FM, 1230 to 530, Monday through Friday, every 30 minutes. Follow the podcast at AZ Cards Corner. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Obviously, if you're on ArizonaSports.com listening to this, we appreciate you coming to the website. Stay there because when Cardinal season hits, we're going to be humming for you. But until then, enjoy these two weeks. And remember, enjoy football. We're getting there. We're almost there. Regular season coming soon.